Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. This is episode 129-129, and it may seem like an odd number to you, but this is a big one to me. There's a few different reasons why, guys. One, this is the first in-person interview I've done since early March, and I've made a lot of upgrades to the podcast studio. We're about halfway there right now. I'm waiting on some more stuff to come in, but... It is also important because this man has a lot that he's been working on and he's a dear, dear friend of mine and I knew it was perfect timing because he's got a lot coming up. Episode 129 features the one, the only, RV Mala. And if you are in the Chicago music scene, this is a name that without a doubt, for certain, you know. And I wanted to have him on actually because two years ago, I interviewed him and his partner in crime, Alex Kislov, another name you should know. But I knew it was time to get RV on the show to get his full story. And man, let me tell you, it's incredible. In episode 129, we discuss Arvi's journey from being born in Albania, moving to Greece, and finally making his way to the Midwest here in Chicago with his family. And it's truly an incredible story, and I appreciated him sharing a lot of awesome details about the ups and downs that he's experienced from that time in his life. We also talked about his inspirations musically. If you know anything about Eastern Europe, they love their synth-heavy, high-energy, and fast-paced electronic music. And let me tell you, that type of stuff is close to Arvi's heart. But the main reason I wanted to get RV on the show was to talk about this newest chapter. He's focused on music production, guys, and he's really, really honed in on what he's most influenced by and has so much music coming. RV is someone who is surrounded by a lot of talented people, and I can tell just within his first few productions here that he's got the hang of this shit. And it is so sick, the music that he's making. He's actually got a track coming out next week, but I'm not going to say too much. You guys are just going to have to listen in for that part of the interview. Now, I mentioned Alex Kislov earlier. No surprises here, and it's about time if you ask me, but him and Alex have finally made a duo called My Love, and it is so cool what they're doing. It's not just another DJ duo, guys. It's not just two guys making music. They've really got a sound, and they just mysteriously dropped their first single, Iron Eyes, last week on Careless Records, and it's a great track. You gotta go check it out right now. It's on all streaming platforms. I love what they're doing with it, and they've got some really, really cool things coming. Now, like I said, RV is one of the most well-known people here in the music industry and has been involved for almost a decade. So he's seen a lot of ups and downs. And of course, I want to get his take on what he thinks about the current state and the future state of the music industry. It's hard to say for certain what's going to happen, but I think RV gave a great response. You should definitely listen in for his opinion on that. Like I said, guys, RV is a dear friend of mine, and I believe in this guy so much. I'm going to be front row as soon as I can in every single way. He is someone that is determined to make this happen and is all about longevity. Now, enough of me talking him up. Let's let you hear it for yourself. Let's get into it right now, guys. This is episode 129 with RV Mala. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are, first in-person interview since early March, and there's not a lot of people I'd rather do it with. Arvi? 
Cheers, Cheers my man. Thank you for having me. It's so good to have you. Mm. Let me tell you real quick, secret to my gin and tonics. I couldn't do it all, so sorry I'm not giving you my very best. <laughs> but diet tonic. So there's not actually oh, okay. the regular tonic in there. You know when you go to the clubs and you get a gin and tonic and you drink it and your mouth is drier than it was before? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of carbohydrates in tonic. People underestimate that. That's good to know. Yeah. I'll remember that next two years when I go to Yeah, home. probably three years. Three years from now, <laughs> sound bar, I'll be there. The bartender, we'll both be bartenders there, right? Just trying to trying to make it in. Oh, my God. How have you been, my man? Oh, good, man. Just living day by day. Yeah. Studio to studio, trying to just like stay busy, keep busy. Yeah. Live life. Weird times. Yeah, I know. It's I hate, by I hate this, this time. I, I know, hate man. it here. But you've been keeping busy though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely try to keep busy. Like, man, at first, like it was like a nice little vacation uh -huh. from like four gigs a week or or touring or or traveling. Out six nights a week. Call Out it, right? six nights a week sometimes. Right. Yeah, it would really you depend on what was anything. going on. Yeah. Seven nights a week in the summer. Yeah, maybe. That's crazy. I, mean, I, I cherish my Mondays. I did nothing on Mondays. You do cherish your Mondays. <laughs> You're unavailable Mondays. on Mondays. I am completely unavailable. My parents can't even reach me on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. Well, I know it's been crazy for a lot of people, especially for someone like you who really is just constantly moving and then all of a sudden can't even, it's not even like, oh, I'm going to take a break. Hard stop. Yeah. That's good though, man, because yeah. I feel like people like you, and I know you've been passionate about making music for a long time, and I know I've interviewed so many people over these past couple months, and it's been different for every artist, but similar in the sense where they've really gotten a chance to look at who they are, what they want to do with their brand, and is this really important to me, right? Because so many artists, they get a lot of momentum early, right? And then you hit that line, that yeah. plateau. I mean, it's kind of like... In the middle, right? And then for so many of those people right now, they're just like, well, I've been at this point for a long time. I thought I had steam. I'm either done, or it's people like you who are like... Yeah, I really love this. Like, I'm gonna take advantage of this time, and I'm gonna make music, and I'm gonna like give back to myself because yeah. you're someone in the community, in the electronic music community, in the music industry here, RV. I know you know this, and you're a humble guy, but you do so much for the scene here, man. And Thank it's you, been, man. It's it's just been a pleasure. I mean, before we got on air, I think when did I do the interview with you and Alex? Uh almost two years ago now crazy now that you think about it, yeah, almost two years ago. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I think it was, it was like, like a good studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like. It was it was maybe episode in the sixties or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Cause I was really hoping we're like episode sixty nine. Yeah, I was yeah. Really trying to hit that. <laughs> I, well, I should have planned in advance for that, right? <laughs> well, this is episode one hundred and twenty nine. Oh wow, perfect. So pretty much, yeah. I guess it makes sense, right? Two years <laughs> later, I, I consider you truly a great friend, and it's been such a pleasure Likewise, man. Likewise. working with you in, in many different aspects, whether it be promoting parties or in the studio or all the other things, man. So just want to first acknowledge you for that. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Of course, of course. And you know, the one thing I didn't get to ask you when I interviewed with Alex, you know, Alex, he likes to go on tangents here, yeah, there, of course, right? Of course. I wanted to ask you about you today, Arvi, yeah. because this is a new chapter in the Arvi Mala book, but I think it's really important that we start from square one, man. Yeah, I'm into it. Tell me, tell me about like growing up and when music came into your life and electronic Oh, music. man. Uh, I was originally born in uh, Tirana, Albania, mm -hmm. which is the capital, and I lived there until I was about three years old. Then my family and I immigrated to Athens, Greece, where we lived till I was about 11, 11 and a half. That. Yeah, lived in, lived in Athens. I actually went kindergarten, first and second grade there. Wow. Yeah, and it, it, it was strange, because like, 
when you're Albanian in Greece, it's the same as if like you're a different, different ethnicity here uh -huh. and you really get like singled out and kind of like picked out in the crowd. Yeah, I bet. So school was, uh, was interesting <laughs> to say the least. Jeez, you're bullied by Greeks. I was bullied by everybody, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was a smaller kid. I was easy to pick on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then me and my family, my uncle was living here. So my family decided let's pick up and move to the States. Mm -hmm. uh, things weren't really looking too kosher in Greece at the time. So then we moved here, and prior to us moving here, I remember we were vacationing in Greece, and that's where, like, my dad had a car at the time in Greece. Having a car in Greece at the time was, like, your upper middle class. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, it was a whole thing. Well, it's a very poor country, in theory, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I think he ended up putting in, like, some, like, Euro tape, or like, it was a cassette tape, I remember. I think it was, like, Tiesto <laughs> or something like that. Hell yes. But I remember it sounded really cool, and a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the really popular Albanian music, uh, this guy, DJ Brea, it was, he had, like, really powerful music about the Albanian culture and, like, what people went through during the communist era, during the dictatorship era. Wow. But it was all very synth-heavy, and it was, like, all very, like... Mm -hmm. I was used to listening to bands or like musicals yeah. or like seeing like, you know, all these instruments in play. Right. And like it blew my mind on like, what are these sounds? Cause they're just like random things that aren't supposed to make sense, uh -huh. but they like all interconnect and just like work beautifully. That's amazing. And yeah, from then on, I just, someone just kind of fell down a mad, massive rabbit hole and of course just, and when you moved to Chicago then, um, straight from, uh, straight from Greece. So how old were you then? I was about 12. 12 years old. 12, yeah. What was that time like for you, like, adjusting? Were you... Really hard. You were, really, what was your English really like at that point? I had no English. That's My insane. first teacher was Greek, and I would go to school every day. Yeah. Coincidentally, the school was literally across the street of where we lived, our first apartment. Oh, wow. So it's like my mom would literally see me walk to school. <laughs> and it was the same situation in Greece, too. Oh, my God. I think they God. did this by design. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> But my first teacher in America was, was Greek. Yeah. So I'd go to school and I'd learn English to Greek, then go back home and translate Greek to Albanian. Gosh. So for a very long time, I was just juggling all three. And like I was able to pick up perfect English within a matter of like three, four months. Mm -hmm. I was able to speak, read, write it, everything. Got chicken pox during cursive month. Did you? Yeah, which was awesome yeah. because well, like, cursive. I can't write cursive to this day. I still can't <laughs> write cursive. But I remember back then, teachers were like, you're going to have to write papers for college admissions in cursive. I'm like, uh-huh. Let's hope not. <laughs> Good thing I'm going to be a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> my gosh, man. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So well, that was kind of like my childhood and life here. Who, was, who, did, who did you meet at that time in your life? I mean, if you came to the United States, like, that's a very, I guess, let's call a it a lot, fragile time, right? The first, like, up until I was like 15, 16, we moved around like every six to eight months. Okay. Just because it was just the time... Just the situation, just just how things work. Like we were yeah. still trying to get our, our, our feet in the ground. My parents were still trying to find jobs. They still had a language barrier they had to learn. Yeah. So I was moving around a lot up until we bought a house in Prospect Heights, the northwest suburbs from here. Mm -hmm. And my first friend in America was actually one of my best friends still is Madison Brodner. Yeah, you told me yeah, about her. So recently. me and her are like still super tight. That's like, awesome. Like I just saw her uh, off to move to Denver recently, so. I don't know, it was really cool to see life kind of full, come full circle and like yeah. still have some of those same people in my life. It's just kind of like that nurtured all like the random creativity of creativity or like the random weirdness that you were as a person. Yeah. Gosh, I know. Yeah. I have those sort of friends too. And at that time in your life, right, like middle school, high school, 
it's it's a time where I believe you're truly yourself. And then those next couple of years when you're a teenager and then you go into college or whatever it might be, right? You, you think you're trying to find your identity. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was me for a long period of time. But I am today who I was when I was like 14 and 15 years old more than ever before. Yeah. And those friends who I was closest with then are the friends I'm closest with now because it's sort of like this, I accept you for who you are. Like, you yeah. don't have any reason to be cool. Like, before all that stuff comes in, the play, Yeah, right? it, it, it was kind of flipped for me. Like, I didn't really discover who I was to my full capacity or, like, really accepted myself for mm-hmm. who I was. So I was, like, at least, like, 18 to 20. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, 29 now. Yeah. It sucks. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm 28, man. We're in the same boat. Uh, but, like, it took me a while to kind of figure out myself. And this was during the same time that I, like, discovered DJing and, like, met a lot of the same friends. Like, like Alex, for instance, my best friend yeah. now. Yeah, Like, I met him during that time in my life. So, it's it's great to see that, like, we all kind of grew up together. Mm-hmm. And we really discovered ourselves and discovered who I was, what I liked, what I wanted, like, mm-hmm. accepted all the imperfections, accepted all my weirdness. Yeah, of course. Just kind of dove head first into it and yeah. seeing what happens. Oh my gosh. I mean, you have over a decade of experience yeah. at this point, right? I yeah. mean, how old were you when you felt like you were DJing, you were in the industry? Like Consistently? Um, about 20 to, like, 22 was, like, still trying to break in. Mm-hmm. Like, the last, like, three to four years have been, like, really kind of, like, full on yeah. balls to the wall. Absolutely. Because prior to that, it was like, who do I have to go and talk to right. to play this spot? Right. Which promoter is doing what? <laughs> who, is, who do I get to rub elbows with? Fudge you know? the game, yeah. Yeah, and in the last few years, it's been more of like, I've been kind of given more opportunities to play some some gigs or as support or as myself yeah. and been trusted with being able to like handle that energy and that crowd and be able to like, move past that and that has led to the next and you know of course so on and so forth of course man i mean what what keeps you coming back though right like little wins mean a lot but is that little dj inside of you still there every time I'm, listen like i love djing like it's great uh-huh. but like what's the most fun about it is like it, that moment like it's like that electricity that power that energy in the room yep it's like it's not about you as much as sometimes you might think like fuck yeah, this moment's awesome, this is great. Right. It's really about you and them, you and everybody in that yeah. room. Yeah, Whether it be, you know, anywhere from ownership down to your regular customer. Yeah. It's really, every little piece needs to come together for it to all work. And with, but without music and the DJ and a party, you don't have a party. Yeah. You have a room of 200 people drinking booze. That's right. Quietly. Sounds like you figured that out pretty early on though. Yeah. I guess I'd say so. I mean, going to throw in your own events, of course, the success of GLC and all the partnerships you guys have had. I mean, you rubbed elbows, let's call it, right? But you mm-hmm. also built something, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, it was a lot of the people when I was coming in really try to. I ran into. I met a lot of people that were really pieces of shit, and I ran. <laughs> I met a lot of people that were great, fantastic people that yeah. actually cared about not just me as a person, but the scene as a whole. And I think that's what really rubbed off on me Mm -hmm. because it wasn't so much about mine and their relationship. It was about their relationship to me would affect the scene indefinitely and my relationship to them would would do that otherwise. So it was more about love of being able to create a community and a safe environment for all these people to be able to enjoy themselves or or be able to party safely, be able to do whatever they want, be able to... Mm -hmm be like oh dude like we had that great time that one night or you played that one track that yeah. like really set the tone for like how I met my girlfriend right or how I met my Love now that. wife yeah. or 
me and my uh, my boy's birthday or this or that you know what I mean like there's so many different instances that like you don't realize that you become a part of these people's lives mm-hmm. and it's through music or through you just trying to be the best person you can yeah so that's kind of how I try to envision everything that I did with everything that I did with GLC mm-hmm. everything that I've been trying to do with music is mm-hmm. it's always been about being able to get the best message across mm-hmm. rather than let's double down and make as much money as possible yeah like great that's awesome that's naturally a part of business but i feel like without having the soul of what you're doing and being real about it then there's no no amount of money in the world can ever fill that hole no amount of fuck yeah awesome big boy moments can ever fill that up yeah for me personally that's kind of how i feel about it absolutely man i mean it's it's an invaluable thing that you're giving to people right it's like you're giving them experiences not just like a good drink deal or you know, five bucks ahead if you bring girls. Yeah, right? exactly. It's exactly. so much more than that, and it's very difficult to do in this industry because we all talk about this peace, love, unity, respect, but being in the industry, we know how much cutthroat shit there is. Oh, yeah. And the more that you really connect with the people, or at least I've found this, right? Like, connections in the industry are, of course, important, and it's how you meet people, and it's how you move up, blah, 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 blah. But I found that I get a lot more out of this. Like, we talked about it, actually, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. When I think about what am I giving to the people who want to listen to me? What am I getting out of this, like, this conversation? Like, if it was only me, you, and Ray that listen to this, I'd be fine with that. Because yeah. I'm enjoying the shit out of this. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what it's I mean? Fun. And the, the more <laughs> you do that. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Hopefully more people watch, though. But Thanks for watching, Mom. Yeah, my mom watched it. <laughs> 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 We're so cool. <laughs> Mama's boys right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. But it, it's really come full circle for you now in, in my eyes, just looking at you now, right? Like, yeah, you've always been someone who was DJing and working hard and, and just building a name for yourself. And now this time you've given yourself a chance to work on music, right? Yeah. And you're here a lot now. more than ever. A lot more than ever. You'd released how, how many tracks before um, these last few months? Honestly, last I haven't. I've released one remix to date so far. Right, and but it I've was had early a, this year, right? Early this year, yeah. yeah. Like right before COVID, actually. Right. Yes, I remember. Um, but it, but I started really taking music production seriously over the course of the last about a year now, year and a half. Mm-hmm. But it's been the last six months that I've really been like, all right, like I'm spending a lot of time in the studio uh, with Orv or with other people. Yep that you know I, I either look up to or I've just always wanted to sit in the studio with mm-hmm. and now I'm starting to realize kind of a little bit more of like how everyone's workflow is different how yeah. everyone enjoys you know like friends when I'm in the studio with Alex dude loves working on melodies <laughs> I struggle with it but mm-hmm. like give me drums and I'll stay on that for the next eight hours yeah no problem <laughs> uh, but it's also been a part of you know I can like I've, this uh, track I have coming out in a few weeks, uh, Savannah, I've been working on this diligently since February, I want to say. That's awesome. I mean, a lot, a yeah. lot of time is put into this. You like, the amount of time where it's just kind of like, I'm spending too much time on this. <laughs> I need to leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. But I'm really happy with how it came out. And I feel like because I gave it that extra time, love, and attention, and I really tried to zero in on it as much as I could, really tried to make everything sound as best as it possibly could mm-hmm. everything you know in harmony with each other i've like from that the last few tracks that i've been producing two of which are almost done mm-hmm. which they're all drastically different from each other which i absolutely love being able to do as a producer yeah but those have been able to knock out in like a month and a half two weeks here like you know a little bit there a little bit there like a lot faster in time and workflow than i originally was able to 
and it's because it took me being able to just have to like I'm gonna make this as awesome as I can yep. and the rest is gonna flow right in yeah I mean that's incredible like I guess transparently before February and before that remix where were you at mentally or what was the blockade there it, it was a lot of uh, you know you get caught up sometimes a lot of, of course the going out the partying the traveling I was playing a lot of gigs but yeah and it was fun don't get me wrong but it came to a point where I'm like I don't want to just like be a DJ like yeah. I don't like yep. I'd love to play six hour sets and people be like you need to listen to six hour set that's great and all that's really cool but like what am I really sharing with myself with that set you know yeah. what I mean that I yeah. love these songs that mm -hmm. I know how to put them all together that I know yeah. how to create energy and a flow right sure that's great yeah but I want to be able to have music that like correlates with also different aspects of my life yeah like um, a track that I've started working on I have a buddy of mine who plays uh, the Chief Tiler, which is the what? Band. It's called the Chief Tiler. Chief Tiler. <laughs> Chief Tiler. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Albanian banjo, essentially. Fuck yes, dude. But That's I've, what I'm I've talking been trying about. to like, kind of like, you know, pay homage to my roots, yeah. the person, the stuff that I like. So that's kind of like the direction that I'm really trying to go in yep. with what I want to do with music. And, you know, with Savannah releasing in a few weeks, I feel like the rest of my music coming out is going to be kind of a cascading effect of like, done, master, here you go. Done, yep. master, here you go. There you go. Yeah. Get that rhythm. It, it, it. It, and I ask that question because I myself had that own problem. You know, it's much easier because you see a path to at least in the Chicago scene, right? Like if I want to be a big DJ here, I have to play, I have to earn my stripes, gotta play shitty gigs to meet the right people, and then you finally wait, you get the opportunity, you crush the gig, mm -hmm. keep going, keep going. Yeah. And then let's you kinda get to this plateau like we were talking about, right? And to me it kind of sounds like you described that. You were yeah. like, no. I've done this, I've earned my stripes. I mean RV you played some incredible shows, dude. Yeah. Like headlining prism, like you've you've been direct support for some of the biggest touring artists in the entire world, Lollapalooza after shows, like you've done it, dude. Like in my opinion, like you've done the Chicago scene and yeah. there's still more you could do and more you will do. But, but I also looked at those as like, yeah. I did these, these are great. Right. Do I want to continue doing these for the next six years? Exactly. You know, exactly. it's like, uh, now, now I'm pigeonholed and kind of stuck as being like the support guy for, for all these cats. Yeah. Which is great, you know. It's respectable. It, it's respectable, but it's not something that I, like, it doesn't speak growth or success or, you know, elevating as an artist or elevating as a person yep it's just kind of like it felt stagnant to me because i was in that position for a good year year and a half and it was great i really enjoyed it don't yeah. get me wrong i yeah. had a lot of fun with it yeah man but i definitely have taken to music production being a lot more important because it's the music that's gonna you know push me out of the city into off other markets or it's my music that's going to be played on some island somewhere in Greece or right. or South Africa or whatever, you know what I mean? It's, it's those little things that are like that make it really awesome. It sounds and like it's, that's kind of where I'm where I'm trying to head at. I love that, man. And it sounds like to me you're thinking extremely clearly on it. And the most important thing that you're thinking about is longevity. Mm -hmm. and we know a lot of DJs right now who are great DJs, and, and honestly, like the people that are watching this that say I want to be a big DJ, you can make a you can make a career out of this shit, oh, right? For sure. Like you can make 70, 80, 90, 100 k a year being a great fucking DJ. For if sure. you love that power to you but in my opinion you're thinking like okay what is it gonna be like when i'm 30 40 50 past then this is a lifelong goal exactly and you got to give something to yourself because you've given so much exactly i love that yeah and it's awesome to hear you like just Thanks excited about it <laughs> yeah. yeah like i'm excited yeah, it's about great. it it's great. I, I listen to some of your music 
seeing you in the studio, seeing you behind Ableton, seeing you run me through everything. I was like, fuck yes, dude, he's doing it. This is happening. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, someone like Alex, who, of course, has been producing for a while, and, and I want to talk about this project, Malov. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> fuck, we've all been waiting on this. Wait, let's let's rewind really quick. Okay. When you guys first gave this a shot. What was the what was the group? Oh name yeah, again? <laughs> um, it was this was seven years ago. Yeah, six seven years ago. We were un, we were a duo under Audio Velocity. Audio Velocity. So the whole like, the, during this time, mind that's, you, we were ve- like, we were so trans heads. We were, <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. You got to do an old baby. What yeah, do you expect? Dude, honestly, I loved it. Um, but like we. Like we love trance, so like for us, it was always like playing that trance music and being like really enamored with it. And you know, we played on main stage for Spring Awakening on like their second year or something. It was the Equinox, I believe. It's, it was such a sick video that I've seen. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it it was cool. But like at the time, we didn't really understand where we were musically. We weren't making music. Yeah. We didn't know how to like really carry on a brand. Odds, uh, a lot of different factors come into play. You know, being that young yeah. and you know having you know a short sprint of success right away mm-hmm. you kind of just like we kind of double down and say you know let's take a step back from it like yep. clearly we're not doing anything with it right every time we try to push forward it fits all these roadblocks that we haven't been able to see to overcome yeah so you know from there on we you know we started glc uh google chicago yep. and we started getting really involved in event production uh, music production djing ourselves yeah and it wasn't until like quite recently that we were like, you know, let's start a duo. Like I feel like now we're musically mature enough to where we have a very similar understanding. Yeah. We do a lot of back to backs together. And he's one of the few people that I can like I'll play a track, dude reads my brain, I read his brain, and it's like we're in a flow for well, the next three hours. Do, I mean, I guess a great example is direct support for Alessa. What was it, ten to one thirty Lollapalooza? Yeah, three and a half hours. Three and a half hour opening yeah. set for one of the biggest electronic artists at the biggest club in Chicago, yeah. the biggest festival and the biggest festival yeah, in the mix world. Yeah, that, that mix is actually up. And that fucking the... weekend, you guys will give yourself a credit later that later that weekend, you opened up for Camel Fat. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot that was back to back weekend. Why do actually... I always remember that and you guys don't? That's so Bro, fucking sick. Well, because it's <laughs> like a, it, 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 it was, it's just a marathon weekend, you yeah, know? Like Lollapalooza weekend is like. It's not about Lala, it's about the after parties. That's yeah. that, that's where the fun's at. That's, that's where so you have true. a good time. But you guys are like, I mean, that's just crazy that you have that connection. And now yeah. that to me, it's happened years later because you've always had that connection, right? But to actually mm-hmm. develop a brand together and a sonic mm-hmm. identity behind that. Exactly. What have you learned about your own brand and maybe from Alex's perspective, his own brand to now connect on that to make one unified goal? Um, Me personally, I love like super deep rolling baseline kind of stuff mm-hmm. like super like large grandiose empty yet full drops i don't know if that makes any sense yes it does is it supposed to to a tech house guy yeah. <laughs> okay perfect <laughs> <laughs> um and you know and alex has been a little always been a little bit more on the house side more on the you know happy chordy poppy uh, bubbly, yeah, poppy yeah. Bubbly. yeah would, which is great love that stuff too yeah but us together it was like we kind of developed a medium of progressive tech house, I would say. Just yeah. progressive house in general, where right. it's like, it's low, it's slow, it's moving, it's in your face, but it also like keeps your attention right. all the way through. Of course. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. I think that was pretty damn good. Okay. It's not easy to describe music. Like My mom general. told me to say that. Yeah? Yeah. I listen to my mother. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> They're still the boss. <laughs> 
I mean, the, seriously though, man. So I want to know more about the name because I'm sure you guys. Went oh, okay. Through, I'm sure you guys went through. Oh, the gauntlet, we went right? through names for so long. Yeah, so long. And then um, Dash uh, Reigns, he was working for Liquorbox at the time, mm -hmm. and we were doing a back to back. And he just kind of like he's like I took both your guys' names together, first and last names. Put them through all these different like what sounded the best and stuff, <laughs> and Mala was the one that came out and he just put it on a flyer and said, "This is what you guys are no doing." No way! And me and Alex like argued it for a couple of weeks. Not argued it, but more of just kind of like you know, like does it work? Try to be subjective about right, it. Right, right, right. And then I'm like, "Yo, no, this actually works. This is this is actually really tight." Yeah. And then come to look Google and go down the rabbit hole. Uh -huh. Come to find out, it's actually a small town in Sweden. Right. And we like I love the Swedes. I love that yep. entire region of the world. Like when we went to Amsterdam <laughs> a couple years ago, like it completely blew my mind. Yeah. On what the Dutch have been capable to do, they got everything right. They just about literally. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like it, it, it's it was all these little signs pointing towards it, and we're like, all right, cool. We're sticking with this, running with it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And we just released the track yesterday. About saying yeah, thank you, anybody. Congratulations, Iron yeah, Eyes. I have to do it. Careless Dark. Yep. And he did it out of nowhere. That was you that, sneaky fuck. That was kind of the plan with that because we didn't want to tie it into. You didn't even tell me. Like we, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I was like, I was. I, I didn't tell. I didn't That's tell okay. my closest friends. That's okay. <laughs> I like it. My closest friend. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It, it took me. It took, thank you. It took me by. Ask your mom. <laughs> my mom's my best friend. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I save. <laughs> but I thought it was so cool, man, and how you guys rolled it out because. I think a lot of people try and do like a sneaky rollout, and it's just not really like well, not that well, sneaky. Like you literally were like top secret. Well, how we looked at it was like I don't want to tie Malo to Harvey Mala or to Alex Kislov or to Jill C or to Chicago as much because then mm -hmm. it, it it felt like I can get pigeonholed and kind of stuck here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be just like Global. here's the music, check it out. If you dig it, add it to a playlist play it out where you yeah. see fit yeah. just do what you want with it like yeah. it's about the music it's yeah. not about the cool ass branding that a lot of these different uh, artists and and producers try to have when like they come fresh out the gate yeah. you know what i mean it's not we didn't want to make it about that we didn't want to make yeah. it superficial we want to make it very simple like this is about the music this is something that we enjoy we love and we share with people mm -hmm. and we're kind of just like giving back into it yeah so that's why we really didn't try to have like a too insane of a rollout yeah or too much going on behind it like yeah. naturally people that know us know that that's us yeah which is completely fine yeah but that what that track makes it overseas or makes it in south america people listening to that won't know that it's us and won't simply enjoy it just because it's alex and arby yeah they'll enjoy it because this is a really dope track mm -hmm. and that was that was our thinking behind it I love that, and it's a very educated sound. Like that's that's how I would describe it because yeah. it's it's a very uh, it's dynamic track, and it's a journey. And you can say anybody who thinks that's cliche to say a journey, man. Like that is exactly what it is to me. I listened to it again uh, in some great headphones, and my God, it's so fucking clean, yeah. dude. Thank you, man. Was that Orville like on the master you said? Uh, no, Orville did the original master, and then uh, Johnny from uh, Careless Dark. He, Johnny um, Links? Yeah, Johnny Links. Yeah, baby. He was like, uh, he's like, just send me that over. Let, let me get have a track of mastering it. But I was like, all right, all right, yeah. all right, cool. That's tight. Dude, it's really cool. Everyone has their own mastering techniques, and, and like, he just he just pulled it out. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations to yeah, you, man. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Everybody, my love. M-A-L-O-V. Correct. 
so sick. Happy for you, man. Thank you, bro. And it's so great because you know, I'm such a big fan of you guys, just like individually and, and together. You guys are just this like awesome combination. And um, I guess what I want to know too is more about like what your goal with it in terms of like live sets and stuff because you did a mix for Prism. Mm-hmm. And it was not what yeah. I expected. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, even, I didn't know what to expect. And even on top of that, it was not what I did not expect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, well, I mean, have you thought about that? Like, I think, Oh, yeah. Like, no, we, we literally just talked about those like yesterday. Like, yeah. I would love to start incorporating like in the music itself, like live instrumentation, um, live recordings of people and things. Um, I'd love to be able to run a couple of extra live step sequencers and like like i I, want to be able to go crazy with it because like djing is is awesome yeah having four decks you know having the v10 we played the funky brown show with the v10 did you f3 decks yeah v10 awesome fuck awesome it's awesome oh god but like it was really great there's also there's always room to improve you know djing wise but i've always found it so mind-blowing and interesting being able to add extra sequencers or like sure. just a live like live filters or yeah. whatever it might be just like those little extra steps really change the game on your set mm-hmm. objectively you can really do those and dial in on those if you're doing three to five hour sets yes that's true because <laughs> an hour set you're just figuring out yeah. what this machine is dude of course that's awesome I, you got to do that these days i think one thing that i'm kind of teaching to myself is when we come back however it comes back just in terms of like the live aspect right like there's going to be less availability for gigs because places are shutting down right yeah so you got to be a ticket on a bill that people want to come to see people are willing to pay for it right and djing has become mainstream i think it's a great thing honestly because you know, a couple of years ago, we were all in the underground. We were all the underground, right? Yeah. If you even think about when it was really popping, like when we were, you know, in our twenties and stuff, right? That's when SoundCloud was really blowing up, mm-hmm. and you know, people like Blau and Cash Lab are going on global tours off of yeah. Mashup. Yeah, and you're like, what the strange fuck? Size. <laughs> strange signs, holy man. shit! Could so, you imagine that now, <laughs> dude? Like, literally, get in line. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And now, over the past, let's call it ten years, right? Like. So much has changed. Yeah, we've seen festivals come. We've seen artists blow up. We've seen venues change the landscape. Super clubs like Radius and stuff, right? We're mm-hmm. seeing like a cyclical process, but now we're seeing different things, right? Of course, I want to ask you, RB, as someone that has been in the industry and seen a lot of these cycles, how do you think things are going to come back, and, and what are you doing as an individual to stay? I was really hoping you wouldn't ask me that question. I have to. <laughs> I know you. Do. I ask you the tough <laughs> questions. Um, what do you think? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I've never like I usually have an answer for everything. Yeah. Whether it's a smart ass comment, <laughs> <laughs> whether it's a smart ass comment or like an educated guess. Yeah. But like, I, I really don't know. It's it's such a strange time. Like, all the drive-ins are happening. Right. Uh, which which are great. Like, at least there's something for people to actually do there, and people actually go to them. There's actually an outlet for that. Yeah. But. I mean, th- your average your average consumer that would go to shows or events wouldn't go to Concord for Green Velvet. They go to Concord for Green Velvet. Yeah. That closed at two, mm-hmm. and they go to Spy Bar yeah. or Sound. They go somewhere yeah. else. There was always like an extra outlet after that. Oh, yeah. It's like if you're going, to, you're not going to one show a weekend. You're getting the experience of two to three or four. Yeah. If you're if you're an avid if you avidly go out. Yeah. So. I don't know when or how, but like things will definitely be different the way agencies work 
is gonna remain the same to an extent. Like a lot of the industry aspects will have to remain the same, yeah. just because of how it was built from the get-go. So the pillars, yeah, of course. It, 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 exactly. But I just, I, I really don't know. I, I really don't, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's just more of a wait and see. So instead of like, you know, I've, I've toyed with the idea of like, you know, let's go a really cool show or let's do this or, you know, we've done, I've done some really cool live streams, mm -hmm. but it's just not the same. And no matter how cool the live stream would be, like we did one at uh, LEC's uh, yeah, studios. That was sick. That was amazing. That yeah. was really cool. That was next level production. Yeah. But it just wasn't. It's just not the same without having a crowd there, without having that other piece to the energy that you need to yep. share with people. Yep. Um, so I, I really don't know. It's more of like a wait and see and control only what you can control mm -hmm. because when it comes to that, we have no control of the situation. We don't know how all the different things are going to change up from restrictions, what's allowed to wear, if you got to wear a mask or not, which like, it, because the because it's so polarized, the whole country is so polarized and the whole thing, it's creating the sense of anxiety. Yeah. It's like you feel awkward being someone without a mask if there's more than like 10 people. It's, it's, it's so strange. Exactly. Yeah. And it's that polarization that kind of like gives people that anxiety. So you just kind of get, you need to just, we need to just go with it and just focus on what we control and just doing the best part that we can mm -hmm. because we're a part of the grand scale of the human race. Yeah. So we just need to do our part, you know, whether that be sanitizing your hands, wearing a mask when you're told to, um, not being, not, not going to any of these uh, parties or events that are happening that have like over 50 to 100 people at, you yeah. know what I mean? Just like yeah. playing it smart and just, yeah. and just seeing how it rolls out. You know, if, if, if your producer folks on making music, yep. seeing how it's, and like have a plethora of music ready to go, ready to release. If you're an artist, you know, focus on, on, on your art, on your craft. Yep. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, having the time to do that without all those distractions, yeah. without having to feel like you, you, you could, they, without feeling like you're you, doing a great job. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like overthinking. No, keep to get going, bro. Yeah. Like you're spitting knowledge. It's like, um, there's not those distractions of being able to, it's a Thursday. I can just go to spy and just like chill or it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. a Saturday and Saturday night. So I have to go out. Right. Like expectations, the expectations or distractions really, because you're going to go out, you're going to go drinking or whatever, what have you. And then like kind of cascades the rest of your week or the rest of your day. Mm -hmm. So it's like not having all those distractions or all being able to do all those things. Mm -hmm. I feel like me personally, it zeroed me in as a person. Yeah. It's kind of like really smoothed me out and kind of, realize what's more important to me, yeah. where my values lie, and what do I want myself to kind of project onto the world and you know have that effect of people closest to me. Yeah. And hopefully it's a paid forward effect. I gotta tell you, I've asked that question now how many episodes in the past six months, and that was probably the best. Because <clears throat> you know why? I think everyone admits that they don't know. Yeah. Right? And I don't think there's a bad answer and I ask this question because I want I'm trying to answer it myself like if you ask that to me I'd probably say something along those lines right and I don't really know so I wanted to ask you that because it is something that we're all thinking right yeah of course and it's such a fine line of, when can we get back to the club yeah of course <laughs> of course and, and you know someone that I, I'm, I had a great conversation about with Tombs and he said it's such a fine line of people projecting right mm -hmm. and saying if you don't come out of this time with a new hobby or uh you know a new mastered skill then what did you even do and then the whole other side is there's this mental health aspect, no man right? and, and and that's the huge thing too is like with people projecting like 
everyone's their own human. Everyone exactly. has their own pace on things. Mm -hmm. Like if if you come out of this with even like one percent a better person than you were beforehand, that's a success in my book. That is exactly what I'm saying. I love that. Yeah. You just have to I mean, this time is unprecedented. So why not just say fuck, man? Like yeah. I don't just, know what's going on. Do something. Whatever it might be, yeah. Whatever it might be. I, I think like I'm on the side where I'm I'm not I'm not telling people what to do. I'm asking myself that question. What do I want to do with this time? Mm -hmm. I'm happy, I'm glad I have a job. I'm glad I have a fantastic girlfriend and a great family and a close set of friends, and that's really important to me. Yeah, and I wasn't naturally. appreciating that as much as I should have been. Definitely. Crazy how that works, is. Huh? I love my girlfriend so much. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just saying things you've been with her a lot more lately? A lot, dude, a lot. <laughs> Amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, Cheers to girlfriend, uh, yeah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man, exactly. So... Like, not that I haven't ever loved her less or anything or anything like that, but I'm just, like, I'm thinking and feeling out loud like I never have before. I'm able to see clearly. I don't give a fuck what people think because there's a goddamn global pandemic, <laughs> yeah. man. You know what I mean? Like, there's bigger fish to fry. Yeah. So my thing is, like, to be unapologetically sure. And that's what I'm trying to do during this time. Yeah. Of course. That's why I'm taking chances on new forms of content. That's why I'm interviewing people that I normally wouldn't be comfortable with because I think they might think I'm not important or whatever it might be right you're important sure thank you you matter thanks you was kind you was special <laughs> you was important all right <laughs> god damn it. that was good that was good that was good that was good that was really good jesus man but i, I appreciate you sharing on that of course man there are a lot of uh djs that and producers that watch this show and, and look up to people like you and i guess what would you say to them right now if they're saying well, well what should i do every Whatever it is that you wanted to do yeah. or like been too scared to or have held yourself back on like just go for it The worst that's always gonna happen is you're always gonna get a no and if you fuck up good because you got to keep Fucking up to learn something and get better at it. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's kind of it like and a lot of people throughout the years DJs always come up and ask me or like people that want to be involved in the scene like yeah. Oh, like how are you involved in this? Like, how do you do this? And it's just like there's no secret formula there is no, Time. there is no, I figured this out yeah. or I hacked the system. Yeah. It's just like, I, whenever I see an opportunity, I think to myself, I'm going to either give 150% of myself to it, yeah. whatever it might be, whether it be DJing, music production, or uh, you know, putting myself out there of, hey, um, I want to be on the show. If, even if it's a no or no email response back yeah. or sending it to a label and getting told like no this track sucks <laughs> like, <laughs> which happens a lot which yeah. happens a lot like it's gonna happen like if, yeah. you, if you're gonna be scared to fail then you know like be comfortable where you're at yeah but don't be comfortable where you're at because that's not how you go you gotta get uncomfortable you gotta be okay with just like pushing forward and just doing stuff you know and reaching out to the people around you especially and asking these questions because like you're asking me and I'm telling the viewers that are listening to it, but mm -hmm. also like the one-on-one -on -one conversations are also important because a lot of those people be, uh, a lot of these younger up and coming cats are able to grasp and kind of internalize a concept a little bit differently yeah, when you're telling them when you're, when they're asking in person. So whenever, whenever anybody is always asking, Hey, do you got a minute to chat? Like I always try to make a minute or two yep. as much as possible because when I was coming up, these are the conversations I had. People were kind enough to be able to have these conversations with me. Yeah. Be able to tell me what were their 
small steps to success. There's small wins to move forward. Yeah. And I feel like that's important for me to share that because that also ties right back into, you know, we're all one giant community. Yeah. God, fucking A, dropping knowledge, bro. Clip that shit. <laughs> Clip that shit. Clip. Love that, man. And that, that was so pure. And that really is all there is to it, right? Yeah. It's, it's not supposed to be complicated. Like... <clears throat> Working way up in the We're business. humans. We complicate every fucking thing. Dude. <laughs> we really do. We are the craziest motherfucking species. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, you know, so it's probably, I think it's two years since you went to Burning Man, right? 2018, yes. Pretty much to, to the day. It's this time of year, right? Mm, it would have been uh, Liberty weekend, so it's been about three weeks since, three, four weeks, yeah. About now, I, the reason I want to ask about this is because... I guess I met you shortly after that, actually. So it yeah. actually has been exactly two years. So I yeah. remember I asked you about Burning Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. To me, it kind of seemed like you evolved. Yeah. Well, did your have your influences and inspirations maybe since then? Not that like that individually that yeah. moment. Like, how, how have you grown over the past two years? In, in I've just that? I've just become more clear and. Yeah. More, it, it, it's prefacing Burning Man for me because I mm-hmm. where I was in my life two years prior to that. Um, I was, you know, in a, a, a different relationship. I was, you know, I was not able to really like handle situations as clearly as concisely as I am now. Yeah. And you know, after that burn, it was like kind of like let go a lot of the things of my past at the door and kind of like accepted myself as the newbie and moving forward into that. Mm-hmm. My influences haven't necessarily changed. It's my appreciation for all these different things that's changed. I've okay. just become more accepting, more loving, more more in tune with myself and what I want and what I feel. Yeah. And being able to say no or yes or fuck yes, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily attribute uh, everything to the burn, uh, but I would say that it was very important to me. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own experience. Everyone has their own takeaways from it. And no matter what I say about it to you, if you were to go, it just wouldn't mean a goddamn thing. Because you'd just be there like, oh, lights, fuck yeah. <laughs> when do I put my goggles on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so it's, it's, it's just made me a little more appreciative of you know everything that I have in my life and everything I don't have and everything I want and everything I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pure. Yeah. It's, it's honest. It's yeah, honest. man. I agree with you there. I, that kind of like sparks a thought in my head too. It's like, you, you people ask who are your biggest influences and inspirations, right? Yeah. And you say this, and it's a, it's another thing to like really actually take action with influences and inspirations, right? Because like, I can be a big fan of Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, of course. Right, but is that an inspiration for me? No. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people. I ask you that because I I kind of I I know I love how you think. That's like one of my Thank favorite you, parts about you is because you are someone who thinks with how they feel about something. You feel before you think. Yeah. I guess whether you know it or not, I've noticed that about you. And I think it's a great it's, human trait. It's a great human trait because a lot of people don't. Right. And yeah. I and I see you now here sitting today, like someone who's taken. I'm gonna quote DJ Susan on this. Te- you're you're ten toes down, bro. Like you're two feet. You're literally jumping right in right now to yeah. this next level. Yeah, of music production, and I, 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 I feel like I, as as much as sometimes I want to get down on myself, like oh, shit, I should have done this sooner. Yeah, should have, should have really dove in sooner. Should have done this sooner. Should have done this or that. It's yeah. like it doesn't fucking matter. 
because yeah. it, it, at the end of the day, it's it's really about how it comes out and how I feel about it. Yeah. And if I feel good about it, then I'm good with it. Because it, anytime you have any sort of self-guilt or self-pity, it just does nothing for you. Yeah. Realistically, it does nothing but take away energy from you. Yeah. Energy that you could be spending on getting better at producing or yep. getting better at being a better person yep. or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah. Using your energy to the fullest. Yeah, exactly. So how are you feeling right now? Feeling good? I'm good, dude. I'm feeling really good. Like, good. You know, I'm just... It's good. We're doing, doing this. Thing, We're having a nice bro. conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel the energy. You're, you're yeah. like, you're happy, and I can, I can feel it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like in my head. I'm just like, what, what, else, what else can I work on? What else can I move forward on? You know what yeah. I mean? And then like my, la- if I have a lazy day, I make sure I use that to the full of my capacity. <laughs> I know you know how to Be do that. Be a complete like lazy piece of shit that day because <laughs> that is the one day you get that week or yeah. that month, and yeah. you gotta use it and just get it out of your system. Yeah. People need to do that. Oh, 100%. Very important. You have to take time for yourself. Yeah. Sometimes 15-hour call of duty sprints are necessary. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Is that a I'm thing? Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> Don't clip that. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. Well, what can we expect the rest of this year from you? When When is the next release coming then for RV? Um, I am looking into October 7th. Like so soon. Yeah, let's yeah. go. I was uh, I was actually waiting to have this interview with you. I know, <laughs> ruined the plot of the whole interview. Oh, fuck this interview. That's okay. Can I cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's good content. Sorry. Uh, I was looking. Uh, I'm I'm aiming for October seventh. Um, I just want to get Savannah out for the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. I'm just focusing on finishing the remainder of projects that I have open. Uh, there's um, there's a collab I have with uh, Max Canonas. Really? Yeah. Oh we shit. Started on tra- we started on this like a month and a half ago, and he's on a rampage. Dude. Yeah, he's. Really I asked him too. what drugs he's taking this morning. He <laughs> said meth, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Sounds like a bad comment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for the rest of the year, I'm just I'm just focusing on just making music and drawing inspiration from different things, and just having every piece of music that I release have a correlation to something special that has to do with me. Mm-hmm. Not, and there will be tracks in there that are just like, this is a fucking banger, this needs to come out. But there's also gonna be stuff in there that's like, that ties into a moment in my life or an experience or something that I'm inspired to love deep, deeply and dearly. And that's 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 kind of my approach on how I'm really taking looking the rest, excuse me, the rest of this year and the rest of next year. It's amazing. Yeah. Savannah's coming soon. Savannah's coming soon. It's fire. I've heard it. I've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it's dope, man. Yeah. God, it, it's such a pleasure to sit here and talk to you, RV, and I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you for taking the time, man. Of course, I always bro. love sitting with you. Me too, man. Maybe we should just do this the rest of the night, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Record eight hours of bullshit. <laughs> Ray would love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, I got work tomorrow. Yeah, so, like, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go? Can you guys stop talking about your moms? <laughs> Well, cheers to you, my right, man. Cheers, brother. Guys, make sure you go check out RV Mala's new project, Mala's, and of course his upcoming music. This guy is going to do cheers, big things, and I'm confident in that. First in-person interview in a few months, bro. It's going to be bad. <laughs> cheers. Thank you. Cheers, man. Oh, man. <laughs>